Part three of session 87. Let's finish up talking about sexual differences. Let's begin. In the last episode, we finish with a question that turned into sexual um, activity in general. It was it was related to sexual energy transfer, of course, because everything that is sex is meant to be that. Uh, but the question itself was why did males peak in their sexual desire uh, or drive? sooner than women and so that's a long question that i cover in the last episode if you didn't watch it go check it out and now the conversation is going to continue in this line until the end of the session talking about different things of sexual activity and uh, sexual differences and so on so um again it was interesting really interesting question to see why uh the male seems to peak in their desire at a sooner time than the female. Uh, but then again, that's just part of um, last episode. So again, we're going to continue on the first question that I have left uh, last time. And that's question 23. Don says, in addition to the question that he asked before, why is the ratio of male to female orgasms so heavily loaded on side on the side of the male? So why do males have more orgasms than females? And I'll talk about this, of course. Ross says, we refer now to the yellow ray physical body or, if you will, body complex. At this level, the distinction is unimportant. The male orgasm, which motivates the sperm forward to meet its ovum, is essential for the completion of the red ray desire to propagate the species. The female orgasm is unnecessary. Again, as mind-body-spirit complexes begin to use the sexual energy transfer to learn, to serve, and to glorify the one infinite creator, the function of the female orgasm becomes more clear. So once again, um, let me say that in the last episode, when I covered that question in terms of the difference in peak of desire for male and female I was strictly talking about the biological and Ra was talking strictly about the bio biological need for reproduction this has very little to do with the development of a more conscious sexual activity of course uh, so this is just strictly biological we're still talking about strictly biological uh, reasons why there is more orgasms in the male and I'll talk about this this is very primitive actually uh, or primordial let's say and here I, I love that they make the distinction again of the yellow ray physical body uh, because there is there is the body complex right that encompasses all the bodies right the mind body spirit complex it's everything uh, but in manifestation of their density then is the yellow ray body complex that is manifested. So this is the manifestation of the third uh, chakra, let's say, of my complex, of my 
complete mind-body-spirit complex, this physical body. And so uh, they're referring to just that again. Uh, there is a question that's going to go into fourth density, male body, or male and female, of course. I don't think there's even a distinction at that point. Or there might be if there is sexual activity. I think there might be gender still. Um, or biological gender. That's a word we need to be careful these days with. <laughs> um, okay, so... Yeah, the, the male orgasm... This, this goes into... For example, for especially in the 80s, was still something that uh, was prevalent. Then the female orgasm wasn't something very much talked about. It was starting to be talked about, I guess, uh, for the past couple of decades, maybe. Uh, but it was still something obscure, right? And so the female didn't experience many orgasms. Many women actually would find. I actually met women in the 90s who. Uh, they claimed that they never had an orgasm that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't something that they, they sought. So you can see that this is just a continuation of, well, sex is just for reproduction, right? So that's it. Um, and so for reproduction, the male needs to ejaculate and that carries over an orgasm, of course. And so the woman doesn't need to have an orgasm. That's what they're talking about here. It's a very primordial thing. Uh, but Rod does denote that as we develop our sexuality in terms of energy transfer, then the function of the female orgasm is pretty clear, right? That is that peak of experience in the sexual activity in which the energy is most intense and then uh, a stronger transfer can happen. It doesn't mean that without the orgasm, no energy transfer can happen. Energy transfer happens uh, at any moment, really, in the interaction of two individuals. So, um, yeah, we've talked about orgasms in the past as to if one has it or the other one doesn't and uh, all the, those dynamics, so I won't touch on that. Uh, so that's basically it. Um, there is there is that uh, need. I will say though that the the orgasm or ejaculation in men is not necessary for an orgasm. That is something that could be explored by men. Uh, the thing is that they're they're so close, closely related that we we don't see the distinction. But when you take, you take a conscious approach to your sexuality, talking about men, of course, um, there is a stimulation that can uh, bring about the orgasm without ejaculation. And again, it just, just takes practice and conscious awareness of uh, your sensations and so on. And this is, to a degree, Tantra. Tantra is used for this type of energy movement. Ejaculation takes a lot of energy out of the male um, organism so you know it's one of those things that mindfulness can bring uh, some some sort of um, better energy um, retention um, yeah it's 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 about managing your energy basically so just wanted to mention there is no need for ejaculation uh, on men 
for us to be able to have an orgasm and that's something that I recommend every man to explore because it's part of what we are and yeah I think in my case anecdotally I can say that it's just the management of energy uh, because ejaculation does take a lot of energy and it takes time to replenish you know that vitality that we are uh, in essence just manifesting right so something to be mindful of it's not necessary like I always say but it's something interesting for sure and I can attest to that but okay um, that being said I think I covered the two most important things one we're talking about primordial uh, need for orgasm for reproduction and then of course the function of orgasm as part of sexual energy transfer where the female of course needs to be more mindful of it and that would be the development of knowing the self the female knowing her body to explore the different orgasms that it can have and that's another topic that i'm not qualified to talk about but only anecdotally to know that there is a lot of variety of stimulations for the woman to have an orgasm the female body i mean and that would be something that needs to explore and every i have known that every woman has a different uh, type of intensity of orgasm and how it reaches us and so there's a lot to play there and uh, instead of looking at this i like to look at it as something playful it should be playful everything should be playful um, and you know it's just something that uh, playful also in the sense of exploration of knowing of curiosity right and all of this what, what does it mean and I'll also say for the females listening that as far as I know the um, the female orgasm is not as the ejaculation of men which there is a lot of energy lost or given away uh, I shouldn't say lost it's given away or expelled it's manifested uh, the female seems to retain that uh, that energy or circulated within itself and that is actually the the desire in tantra uh, sexuality for men that that energy is recirculated uh, i forgot the name of this taoist uh, modern teacher uh, it'll come to me but he's known to talk about this um oh god i can't remember his name but he's known on talking about this in uh, for men, you know, how to retain this energy and circulate it, just like women women can do. So a lot to be explored there, and I'll just leave it for. that hopefully I remember his name. It just doesn't come to mind. I haven't heard or read about him in a while. So um, he's a modern Taoist uh, teacher, Chinese, of course, and he he talks about this bothers me uh, that I don't remember his name but I don't remember that we have another session to finish <laughs> so let's move on to the next question Don says in question 24 what was the ratio before the veil of orgasm um, since here it's uh, the ratio is favoring men or males Ross says the ratio of male to female orgasms before the veil was closer to one to one by a great deal as the metaphysical value of the female orgasm was clear and without shadow. So this gives a lot of clarity as I see 
uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, I have a constant uh, struggle with light of the sun <laughs> coming through my window. And so um, it's always like shining too much or too little. And it seems like it's, it's a difference between day and night uh, sometimes. Uh, but we'll let it be as it, as it is, right? Okay, so... Yes. So before the veil, it was obvious that the purpose of sex was not only reproduction. It was everything was clear. The whole, uh, the whole purpose, the whole plan. Uh, it was clear what it was for. What was it that I was doing? It was very clear. Everything that I was doing, I knew what I was doing it for, and so on. So. Just like we know that in prevail conditions, again, we're talking about here prevail conditions, no veil between conscious mind and unconscious mind. Everybody knows that they are the creator, and um, we all live in this knowledge of the creator being everything and everyone. So, in these conditions, the ratio was uh, more one to one meaning that both male and females had their orgasm. There's no, there's no reason why not to have it. See, there wasn't this clouding of believing that, uh, well, the male needs it for reproduction, the woman doesn't. So whatever it is that the woman is having is unnecessary, right? I'm sure that lots of women in the past, and I'm talking about post-veil conditions in our history, in our human history, they, had experienced orgasm, of course, but that wasn't seen as part of sexuality. It's just who knows what it was. I, I ignore that part of our history. Yet, in prevail conditions, because we all knew that we were the creator and we knew the purpose of the full purpose of uh, sexuality, then the orgasm was one to one, meaning that both men and, and, and women had their orgasms. No clouding there or as Ross says, without a shadow. Let's continue. Whoops, too much. There it is. Question 25, Don says, is it meaningful to give this ratio in early fourth density? And if so, would you do that? So what is the ratio in fourth density? Ross says, in many ways, it is quite meaningless to speak of orgasm of male and female in higher densities as the character and nature of orgasm becomes more and more naturally a function of the mind-body-spirit complex as a unit. Let's, let's talk about this first and then we'll go to the next paragraph. Um, I can only speculate because we're talking about fourth density or higher density experience. And this is probably why, because why, um, the reason why is because we, we're talking about an orgasm that is the culmination of our interaction, right? Um, that's why we, you know how we sometimes say eargasm uh, as a colloquialism for saying, I am enjoying this music so much that I'm having an eargasm. Uh, there are other like mental orgasms or the, these kind of 
explosive pleasures that we have when things are um, are collapsing. You see, when there is when separation collapses, this is the kind of experience that we that we have in the human form. Well, I believe, and this is my speculation, that these experiences are more, let's say, commonplace in higher densities. Because clearly when there is no veil and when we are at a higher density of consciousness, then experiences must be, um, let's say, uh, first more common and intense. And so the nature of orgasm or the nature of this bliss is more constant and less obscured by veiling conditions, you see. So again, that's just my speculation, and it doesn't have to be that way, but that's what I read. Because Ra says, in many ways, it's quite meaningless to speak of orgasm of male and female, as, the, as if there was any difference. Um, in both the male and the female, the orgasm reaches a certain point of experience in which we um, reality is revealed as non-dual, as just this one big intense bliss, right? This can happen with music, it can happen with um, uh, lectures such as this, or uh, reading a book, or any any experience that brings the mind to that point kind of touches with that essence, right? And that's why it is said that orgasm is the nature of God. You know, that is, I remember hearing a long time ago that uh, the energy of the universe were, was a constant orgasm and this is something that uh, a lot of cultures talk about because it is and if you have had uh, an experience a mystical experience then you can see exactly what I'm talking about it's the same energy it's the same intense um, at least in the human form is it's um, it's unsustainable you know, it comes at bursts and then it goes away just like an orgasm so yeah all of this i think it's normalized sort of in the higher densities and so it's kind of meaningless to say the male orgasm and the female orgasm uh, we're talking about biological functions that produce this sort of experience and that's why we have such a, an addiction to sexuality in our world because we are a depressed world that would look for alcohol sex and drugs and uh, activities and so on because we 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 yearn this and like Ramdas said at one point in one of his lectures um, all of these addictions are just uh, attempts to seek the creator you know attempts to collapse this duality and you know instead of seeing them as people with problem you can just see them as people with this beautiful yearning for the creator you know, and they look for it in activities and substances and so on. And, you know, there's a beauty there. What we want to do, of course, is to kind of normalize this. So we can see even here the parallel, if I can throw this in, that when we seek meditation as the source of our equanimity, what we're doing is basically normalizing these needs for uh, intense experiences uh, in our day-to-day -day, uh, life. So, in the human form, how does the bliss of the universe is experienced? A lot of people mistake this and say, oh no, this is the, the mundane, ordinary experience. 
I'm looking for that bliss, you know, for that moment in which I'm going to explode and stay there, just like psychedelics do, or sex, or music, or whatever. I want to reach that state. Well, it seems that that state is unsustainable, um, and you can only reach a state of equanimity within yourself that grows with time. And that is the purpose of meditation, or uh, mindfulness, or the the vacuum of uh, of everything or the void all of these things started to bring a different bliss that is enhanced over time and so it's almost uh, there's so much to talk about here because that would be the conditioning of your nervous system over time to sustain even more uh, this light of consciousness and so on there's there's so much to talk about here but just wanted to mention that um, all right, I went on a tangent long enough. Let's go to the next question. We'll probably finish this uh, definitely within the hour. So, uh, it's not the next question, but Ra continues and says, it may be said that the veil in fourth density is lifted and the choice has been made. In positive polarities, true sharing is almost universal. In negative polarities, True blockage so that the conqueror obtains orgasm, the conqueror almost never is almost universal. In each case, you may see the function of the sexual portion of experience as being a most, ef a most efficient means of polarization. And here we get another view into fourth density because we're talking about fourth density orgasms or sexual interaction. And as Ross said, not only has the veil been lifted, but of course you have made the choice. Are you on the positive path or in the negative path? If you are in the positive path, then like Ra says, polarities, um, I'm sorry, in positive polarities, true sharing is almost universal. So there is very little, it's almost like pre-veil conditions, but in fourth density, <laughs> it's the same thing. There is no veil, true universal sharing, but at a higher intensity or higher density of consciousness. So there is more awareness onto this sharing of being. So that makes sense. And then in the negative polarities, it's the opposite. There is the blockage of the, um, this universal sharing, blockage of the heart chakra. And then there is the seeking of orgasm for he who conquers. So, um, I suppose this, yes, this is also part of their sexual interaction. There is a continuation of what the negative uh, sexual orientation here is, or the negative uh, product is here in which there is domination and the dominated. And so the dominated doesn't get the orgasms, the, dom the, the dominator, you see? And so that is continuing to fourth density, makes sense to me uh, because they would want to continue that domination, that feeling for control, that's what gets them off, <laughs> right? So uh, th there was conversation about this in, I wanna say session 17, probably later or before, something around then. We, Don made a question. We were talking about the, um, curiosity of sex and other topics. And Don asked about the Third Reich 
uh, when they they derive sexual pleasure of killing people right in gas chambers and so on and Ra talked about this as you know that's the negative polarity you derive pleasure out of somebody else's suffering and you know there is this is the negative path in which you are dominating there's nothing more expressive of domination than ending somebody else's life you have full control of them you are you're able to do that so in the negative polarity that is such a thrill you see uh, i know it sounds terrible and very morbid to talk about this but that's that's just how it is you can't hide it um so yeah this type of sexual uh, pleasure is of the negative side uh, there are subtle of course manifestations of that in people who are undecided and they don't know the choice yet so they experience both things that need for control so that's basically what's what Ra is saying here it continues on in four density and who knows in which ways I don't want to know <laughs> I want to know the next question Don says it's a very long question here so uh, just try to absorb everything that Don says here and I'll explain a little bit more he says in our illusion we have physical definitions for possible transfers of energy we label them as the conversion of potential to kinetic or kinetic to heat and examine this with respect to its increasing entropy when we speak of sexual energy transfers and other more basic forms of energy I am always at a loss to properly use you might say the terms since I am not understanding and probably can't understand the basic form of energy that we speak of however I intuit that this is the energy of pure vibration that is at the basic level level of our illusion that vibration between the space and time portion of the space-time continuum and yet somehow is transferred into our illusion in a more basic form than that could you expand on this area for me please and raw classic it's going to say yes <laughs> instead of expanding so don is going to ask please do it but just to give a little bit of, of an understanding here so okay in our physics we understand energy as being potential and then kinetic which means you know there is movement out of potential um, energy that is there and so we talk about this transfer oh, okay from um, from potential to kinetic to movement no movement yet potential movement okay we understand that there is gravity you know there is mass and there is um, uh, there is a landscape in which the rock can move and so on so release movement kinetic and so now we can measure that kinetic as friction which is uh, where we get heat and so on so we can uh, delineate all of this right but we're talking about a, a specific energy that is there we know it don doesn't know the basic form of energy that is there prior to sexual transfer so that energy that is being transferred he intuits that is the pure vibration i kind of like that i would say that is prior to vibration right it's coming from the unmanifested but it's there is potential and so that's why he says 
that vibration between the space and time portion of the space-time continuum. I kind of like it. I wouldn't call it vibration, but yes, uh, prior to vibration. And it's still good. I, I, I like it. And yet somehow it's transferred into our illusion in a more basic form than that. So, like heat, right? So Ron's going to talk. It's going to talk about this. Question twenty-seven is where Don says, "Would you do that?" Explain this. Ross says, "You are correct in assuming that the energy of which we speak in discussing sexual energy transfers is a form of vibratory bridge." between space-time and time-space, although this distinction is not apart from that which follows. That which follows may shed light upon that basic statement. So let's get into that. Due to the veiling process, the energy transferred from male to female is different than the transfer from female to male. Due to the polarity difference of the mind-body-spirit complexes of male and female, the male stores physical energy. The female, mental and mental-emotional energy. When third-density sexual energy transfer is completed, the male will have offered the discharge of physical energy. The female is thereby refreshed, having far less physical vitality. So, okay. Um, where do I start? So there is definitely a sort of, uh, let's call it neutral energy that is present, right? That's the potential. Um, however, depending on the filter, which here we're talking about male and female, and I'll make a distinction between biological and mental um, gender energies. But in essence, I just want to talk about the metaphysics of this, the way I see it. There is a potential which is infinite, and that potential is to be manifested, and that manifestation depends on the filter in which it goes through. And so we're talking about this pure energy, which, again, I kind of like what Don says, pure vibration, uh, which is not a vibration in and of itself, because that would be distinction, and there's no distinction here, in my opinion. There's just potential potential for vibration, let's call it. So the type of vibration that comes out depends on the filter, right? And so in this case, we're talking about sexual energy transfer and the distinctions that we have are female and male, okay? Now, again, I'll make a distinction between biological or body and mental energies, gender energies. Ross says that due to the polarity difference of the mind-body-spirit complexes of male and female, the male stores more physical energy and the female stores more mental, um, emotional uh, energy, okay? So, in essence, we are, what's the word? Storage houses of these energies and these energies are waiting to be transferred or manifested, right? In different ways. It doesn't have to be sexual only. Uh, but sex is the one that we're talking about here. So in third density sexual energy transfer, when this is completed, the male offers a discharge of physical energy, thus offering this 
physical vitality to the other and the female um, is actually now refreshed because it doesn't have this uh, physical vitality that much, right? So let's see what happens to the female or when the female discharges this. Ross says, at the same time, if you will use this term, the female discharges the efflux of its stored mental in mental emotional energy, thereby offering inspiration, healing, and blessing to the male, which by nature is less vital in this area. At this time, we may ask for one more full query. So um, now we have the female to male transfer, which means that uh, the, the female having much more emotional, uh, mental energy, it offers this to, to the male. And in this case, it's being refreshed. The male is being refreshed with inspiration. Did they say that? Yeah, offering inspiration, healing, and blessing. So all of these are what the male kind of lacks in its nature or being less vital in this area. Now, We've talked about this in the past and the, the different transfers that occurs. There is um, um, a sort of discrepancy by some people who interpret this. Um, the consensus seems to be that when Ra is talking about male and female, they're talking about the identity of, um, so for example, uh, gay sexuality uh, it doesn't matter what the gender is it's just what the mental male and female ratio is so you would have a, a gay couple that has um, one is stronger in their male energy and the other one's stronger in the female so that kind of balances out uh, then there is the interpretation that this is strictly biological so then there is a uh, there is a, a a different model that I I don't really understand fully, so I can't talk about it. Uh, but there is a model in which only male and female are able to have this sexual energy transfer, um, and so I think Ra talked about uh, gay people having still energy transfer from the heart. I'm not sure. I I have to say, I can't say that one is right and the other one is wrong. It's difficult for me to say. I just want to be plain and honest here. I don't know what is the deal. Uh, if it's a biological thing, if it's a mental thing, I think everybody thinks in a different way. And because I'm not sure, I cannot interpret this. I know I've said in the past that it could be both. Uh, and I still haven't made up my mind on this um, because it seems like Ra has been talking about the biological side of it, right? The manifestation of orgasms and the male and the female, well, that has to do strictly with biological third density, male and female. But when we, they talk about this, they don't transfer that. So they may be talking about mental and emotional. I can't say, and I just wanted to say that. I think everybody needs to interpret this in their own way, regardless of what whatever models are out there or Ra is saying, the most important thing is how you feel. There may be straight couples who have uh, 
they don't even have sexual energy transfer because they haven't even explored that. There may be gay couples who have constant energy transfer even without sex. And you know, that's more important than anything else. All this translates into what do I inspire to you? What do I give to you? Right? It's about giving and receiving. And so to me, uh, the debate gets a little bit uh, too uh, obscured by the interpretations. Is it true that it's biological? Is it true that it's only mental? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I yield to my own ignorance and share it with you in the hopes that it would bring light to your own investigation. With that being said, let's go to the last question that we have for this session. Question 8, uh, or 28 actually. Don says, why is the male and the female nature different? Now, here we're talking again on biological, as we'll see. Ross says, when the veiling process was accomplished, to the male polarity was attracted the matrix of the mind and to the female, the potentiator of the mind. To the male, the potentiator of the body, to the female, the matrix of the body. May we ask if there are any brief queries before we close this working? This session ended by Ra saying, you know, the usual Don's question, uh, can we do anything to make uh, the instrument more comfortable and to improve the contact? And Ra said something along the lines of, your alignments are well, take care of the sensor, um, and that's the physical um, item that they had uh, at the head of Carla's bed. So, yeah, nothing, nothing to mention of importance there. Now, okay, again, we're talking about, in my opinion, I think we're talking about biological again here because this is the nature of the male body, right? The matrix of the mind, which is that which reaches is the active principle that was attracted to, uh, I'm talking, I'm sorry. Um, yes, the matrix of the mind, right? Yeah, yeah, the matrix of the mind is the one that reaches into the potentiator, right? So there is a sexual sort of um, intercourse there in our own minds between uh, matrix and potentiator. The male reaches and um, it touches and it, um, it seduces the potentiator basically of our minds. That's where the veil is drawn, by the way, between matrix and potentiator. Um, and so that is the the male and the female male is matrix that's why you see the magician and then uh you see the female figure in the potentiator of the mind so in the body there is the potentiator of the body was the one attracted to the male and that's why you see the hermit in the tarot i'm talking about the tarot cards so you have the hermit being a male uh, that's the one that reaches into the um, into the matrix of the body, which is female again. It's the the card of justice, and there is the female sitting on on a sort of throne. I think it is. I forget. I forget my tarot studies. <laughs> um, but there is a female and a male. So once again, we're seeing this. It's almost like the, the bodies that were manifested uh, or this male and female bodies are a depiction of these archetypes. And these archetypes are 
yeah, they, they are defined in the way that they act. So that's possibly, you know, another another hint into this. But who knows? I again, I I, I s cease to be bothered by the capacity of being able to to decode this as to what it means. And I'm fine by saying I don't know. I really don't know. But at least we know that that to the to the to the male was attracted the matrix of the mind and the potentiator of the body and vice versa with the female uh, the potentiator of the mind and the matrix of the body and that's the manifestation of men and women so i think that's all i could cover here conclusions i think we talked enough about the, the desire to share which really is the takeaway here the desire to share and to give um, in the sexual um, activity there is always a desire to give right it needs to be present there and if we we can just become mindful of that what is it that we want to give? How much do we want to give? And just become aware of all these inner desires that we have that go towards not just my pleasure, but the pleasure that I'm going to give, regardless of this discussion of gender and so on. Uh, it's about that, you know, it's about that desire to give because you have a lot of it, right? It's not a lot, it's just abundance in the sense of um, infinite you have a lot to give there and that is always a mental transfer you see so I would even like to say that both may be right you know um, in in their own degrees and something at least something to be said here in this discussion is that um, the biological need for male and female to be together, at least at the basis, is to for reproduction, as we know. So maybe that is the reality of it. Um, and there are further transfers within that line of reproduction, right? Which is only possible in male and female, different biologicals. But there's also, also the transfer of love, which is universal and has nothing to do with biological gender. So that's even right too. Uh, so that may be another model. So both models may be right. I kind of feel comfortable with that. <laughs> um, so in the end, the thing is that both sexualities, for them to be of a spiritual nature or a higher um, degree, there needs to be this love, of course, this love to want to share, to give. And so I think that's... That's something that we can not only think about in sexuality, but everything else that we do. What is it that I have in abundance that I can share and give? And if you follow that, not only will you be able to serve without effort, but it's uh, it's going to make you happier than whatever else that, that you do. So um, just follow that, I guess. There is there is an inner desire to share what is it that you want to share? Yes, you'll find blockages and demons along the way of 
why not do it and so on that's our own story that we need to resolve <laughs> i've known that story within myself so i know exactly how it feels but uh, the potential is there the potential of energy to be transferred is there so uh, it's only about giving giving without an expectation for receiving Okay, so that's all I got for today. It's pretty quick end of session 87. Uh, again, I haven't read the other sessions uh, recently, so I forget what else. I know Tarot is something that is gonna continue to come up, but I don't know when. Speaking of potentiators and matrix and so on. So we'll see what else session 88 has for us. I have nothing else to share with you, but to bid you farewell, have a good day, good night, take care of yourself. And I'll see, see you in session 88.